This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Uh, it's really a pleasure to have you here. Uh, Patrick, uh, we don't get a chance every day to talk to somebody who is not only experienced in business, but also has a, a media background, meaning you have your own experience on the radio and such. And so I'm sure it'll come very handy uh, as this show look, likes to deliver insights to business owners who are actual business owners, actual entrepreneurs who are actually listening. Uh, so so with that, uh, our favorite question to start it off with is, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs? I actually do. I uh, grew up in a family business. My my parents were um, in, in partnership with their best friends. They were in the franchise arena. They started a franchise. They franchised across the country, had franchisees overseas as well. Uh, we learned a lot from that, uh, both good and bad. I mean, with any experience, right? you learn lessons that you wish you'd done differently and things that went well. Um, it grew so quickly, which is a challenge for some businesses. You know, the, many struggle with growing at all, and others grow too quickly. That we uh, uh, we were almost absorbed by it. I started making more money than we'd ever made, but it took so much time that when I decided to start my own business and go into became an entrepreneur myself, I I, I, I learned from that that balance is very important, and you have to make sure you keep those checks and balances in place. So. But absolutely, I learned a lot from my parents. Or they were definitely my examples. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, you, you beat us to it. Uh, that is, how did that influence your thinking moving forward and launching your own business? And uh, you, as you put it, you knew that there had to be boundaries in place in order to, number one, get what you want out of the business, it sounds like was the implication, but also number two, live the life that you originally wanted to live as part of the reason why you were going into business to begin with. Is this accurate? Right. Well, you know, every every entrepreneur starts out and wants uh, the big three, right? They want the time, freedom, they want the money, they want maybe the prestige or the recognition. And, uh, and we got all of those. You know, we had we built the dream house. They had the Mercedes and the Cadillac and they had, you know, we were taking nice vacations and so forth. But when a company grows really quickly, um, it can almost uh, overwhelm you in the sense that it's very exciting and it may be lucrative and so forth. And yet you're in the middle of it. You're so close to it. Oftentimes you don't see what's happening. In our case, um, it, this went on for several years. I was a, a young, you know, preteen and then a teenager. And my parents were so busy, so traveling so often and so just absorbed by the business that, that I was kind of left at home to raise my siblings and they were always gone and so forth and so on. We've talked a lot about this since then. I don't, I, I, it's, it's not anything that I resent, but for a while I was upset at it. I was upset about it by as a kid, you know, for a long time. And, uh, 
And yet we, it, it didn't really even occur to us that it was happening until my dad got really ill. My dad caught a rare form of meningitis. He was in the hospital for several months, was in a coma for a while. And when he finally came out of it, we realized, wow, we spent more time together as a family this last year in the hospital than we had in the five years prior to that. There's something wrong with this, right? <laughs> and so long story short, they ended up selling the business. They realized when they got away from it that it had how much of their life it had consumed. And so they sold the business to their partners and went back to teaching and and just working in administration. They, and uh, we started taking family vacations again and going camping and actually being home together, eating dinner together. And it was just this this really um, interesting experience. I actually wrote a paper about it in college. I called it From Rags to Riches and Back Again. And I talked about this experience, learning from that, from what we went through, what was most important. Business is important, success is important, but family is important too. And you have to find a way to, to either blend the two or, or just have, have some balance in your life. Yeah, man. Uh, probably one of the best answers to that question so far, just because of all the dots that you, uh, that you added, all the crossing of the T's there. It really hit home on why we asked that question. And uh, for me, Knowing that, how does that then inform your work with a certainty team and what you're doing there? Well, I take a lot of time off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not as much I, as I wish I could. I, I don't ever go to work ever. No, I, uh, it's funny. I, I, I went into business with a pretty clear vision of what I wanted to build. Um, I, I made a lot of companies, a lot of money over the years, millions and millions of dollars. And I was slow to, to go into business myself because I was on the hunt for the perfect fit, right? I wanted something that had no overhead. It had no, uh, no employees. If I was going to have affiliates, I wanted them to be independent contractors. So I wasn't managing them per se. Um, I wanted to have um, easy delivery, you know, very little paperwork. <laughs> so I had this big, long checklist of things I was looking for. And they're hard to find. I could not find it in a company that I went to work for. I finally had to create it, uh, which we did when we created Certainty Management. Um, and so I was, I was pretty picky, I guess you could say. I, I've, I've helped other startups. I owned a consulting firm back in uh, the early 2000s that helped startups find capital and create their business plans. And uh, it was we were crushed by the economy and the crash in 2008. But I learned a lot from those experiences because I, I saw other people's business plans and I saw pieces of it that I thought, oh, that's a good idea. And you know, I have to remember that one. And, and so I was compiling this list of the perfect business in my mind. And we're still not perfect. We still have a lot to learn, but we're, uh, but it, it, it is founded in these principles that I was looking for of balance and integrity and simplicity and some of these other things that were just really important to me. When I think about your background with uh, with working in the franchises area, uh, one of the hardest business really to run in terms of like, once it gets full full steam going and, and what that looks like. And the, like you said, it can be all encompassing, all absorbing, all consuming uh, to then building this this list as you go through the business plans of like 
will be the ultimate, ultimate assist in the marketplace, but at the same time, also the ultimate lifestyle uh, business that has an equal part uh, uh, ROI for me and an ROI for the people that work with me. I can see how someone who's had your, your, your experience and background could actually shape that. <laughs> so I'm actually really curious to see where things go with your, with your company just alone and how you design that and, and how you look at uh, one's position in a marketplace and, and what that means and how you address a customer and really what kind of relationship is it high, high touch uh, engagement long-term is it all those things uh, I'm interested in myself and just hearing, hearing how your thinking has gone into building the company. Um, for me, those are all really exciting things. And before I go any further, I want to check in with Jason and see uh, see what he's been thinking about this conversation so far. Great. It, interesting point that you made is the checklist, right? You wanted to you you were always looking for this perfect checklist, right? So it's like that was there for a reason, and that in my my mind, right? Because I kind of went through that when I was younger too. Uh, with, with my dad, my dad was very much a perfectionist, you know, military man, so on and so forth. And so it was always about the checklist, right? And, you know, how can you get from point A to point B the safest way, right? Because we get these experiences in our life that show us behind the the curtain and the chaos behind the curtain right and then you just quickly shut that and go i'm not that's not what i'm looking for right (laughs) but the reality is is behind every curtain some chaos it doesn't matter right absolutely so we can we can come in with all the checklists and try to create it perfectly and and do all these things but tuesday when you walk in the office and pull the curtain back and the three ring circus is running around back there. You just close it and walk out and, and go have a beer or something. <laughs> and just go. <laughs> so so it's an, right. it's an interesting dynamic there. Cause we, we have some of the same, same upbringing and background, just different things. Right. Right. Well, I heard a quote once that said the level of our frustration is equal to the distance between our expectations and reality. If our expectation, if reality or expectations are way up here and reality is way down there, we're going to be pretty frustrated all the time where if our expectations are low, and that's not saying you lower your expectations from a quality standpoint or from a, uh, you know, an integrity standpoint or anything like that. It's just that you have to, you have to be prepared for, and understand that chaos is going to happen, right? You have to go into every day thinking things aren't, there's, there's things today that aren't going to go right. It just, it's part of life. It's part of mortality. Uh, if we think they're going to go, we're going to be constantly disappointed. So when I say I was looking for the perfect business, I had certain principles in mind and, and goals and wishes, but it's not to say that you have a perfect business that's going to go perfectly every day, Right. There are so many things that you cannot control, whether it's the economy, it's the pandemic, it's, you know, your vendors or, or constantly, constantly as entrepreneurs working on improving things. I don't think you're ever done. I, I had a really phenomenal uh, mentor and general manager I worked with, and he constantly said, we're, we're never satisfied. 
And that sounds exhausting, maybe a little bit, like you never get to a point where you can rest, but that's not really what he was saying. He's just saying we're constantly looking at how to improve. I sign almost every email I send with the words upward and onward, because I, it's how I feel like we're, we are. And you know, we need to be in our lives and our businesses to constantly analyzing how can we do this a little bit better. Yeah, man. Uh, the pursuit of excellence, if you will, yeah. is... Uh, that's an infinite game, as they say, right? That's something that if you're playing it at all, then you better be ready to play for the long haul. And business really is one of those things where it's like the only sport you can play for as long as you're alive. Uh, so right. I, I could really, I can really get behind the sentiment behind what you were talking about, where it's not necessarily about lowering your expectations, but about having the mirror what reality is and then having a clear vision for how that reality can be improved. Right. Uh, A lot of that is very, very, very good stuff, man. Uh, And so with that said, uh, you know, you've got this, this background with this, uh, your, your your upbringing uh, with this. Now, how does media and radio fit into this? Because for me, uh, a lot of people right now are thinking about podcasting and, uh, across the board, bringing themselves onto the marketplace as a thought leader and this and that. And yet most have zero to little background in how to present themselves, which I believe any education and presentation is going to go a long way. Uh, Some people have a strong sales background, so it carries over to some degree. Uh, But for you, how does that fit into your journey? Right. Well, as I look at my background, uh, I spent several years in the army as uh, Jason and I were talking. I did a mission for my church in Italy for two years, worked as an interpreter in Italian for a long time after that. Uh, I've been in sales for 30 plus years, grew up in a family business. You know, so I did, I mean, I've been to, I think, 47 states and 30 plus countries. You know, I have this just weird background, right? <laughs> it's talking about <laughs> chaos, right? It's this diverse, uh, multi tiered background that I've that I've gained from. And some of the experiences were really hard. I've experienced loss in my life. I've experienced um, having an, a, a marriage just implode on me with unexpectedly. So I've experienced loss. I've experienced pain. I've experienced growth. And in through it all, I've had some really phenomenal mentors and coaches and, and teachers and so forth. And so all of that combined to us starting our company, Certainty Management. And uh, out of that, I get invited on shows like this occasionally. And um, I was on a show on Voice America Business. A uh, host was named Frank Hellring. He's a, he's a host of a show called Business Buzz. Phenomenal host, been doing it for a long time and uh, was really integral in Voice America's approach to having real businesses do real radio shows. I was there part of the the founder um his um his his goal was to have real people doing shows not people just talking about it but you know they say the old adage if you don't do it if you can't do it then talk about it or, or teach it they wanted real hosts who owned companies who are paying the bills or who are hiring payroll and, and and so forth and so on well after i was on his show he asked me if uh, i'd ever consider radio he said i think your message of empowering small businesses and helping nonprofits the way we do, um, he said. If he said, I think your your message would really resonate with our listeners. He said you've got a good voice for radio, 
said, I think you're pretty quick off the cuff. He said, what would you think? And I said, I'd be very interested. You know, if you can control the message and uh, they have millions and millions of, of listeners all over the world. Um, I said, absolutely. He said, well, if you are, he said, if you're serious, uh, it's a big commitment. He said, but if you're serious, I can get you an audience with the uh, general manager, a guy named Robert Cholino. And um, he said, then it's up to you. He said, you'd have to pitch him on the idea, but I can make the meeting happen. And um, we met Robert and I, and we, we've gone to be really good friends now. And we, we hit it off. Um, I, my idea, he asked me what my idea for a show was. And I said, um, I believe there's two pillars. Number one is that business has got to be willing to evolve. They have to change. If you're stuck in the mud, you're not going to go very far. You have to be willing to consider new technologies and coaching and, and you know, things that you guys do, uh, you know, with the war room, I mean, et cetera, et cetera. You have to be willing to change. And secondly, I said, um, we have to work together to do it. There's, there's too much division. Uh, here in America, we spend way too much time and energy focusing on our differences. And yet we have a lot in common. Even if we vote differently, we go to different churches, we have different backgrounds, we all care about s- specific things like small business uh, success. And we want our nonprofits to thrive. We want our children to be safe at school. I mean, th- these are our topics that we all can rally around. So I said, so that's what the show would be. The, the name of our show, by the way, is Finding Certainty. And it's focused on these uh, two topics, really, bl- how they blend together. So that's how it came about. It's actually a new show. We just recently launched it. I've been uh, I've been a speaker and a trainer for a long time. I'm, I'm an author, uh, a book coming out this fall, and, um, and so forth. But so the radio is actually a newer direction for us, but we're very honored to have been asked and uh, so far so good. Wow. It's really interesting because uh, as, as Jason had pointed out, when we first started talking, uh, your presentation was already on par with what one would expect. Talk about expectation versus reality, right? With uh, someone doing this kind of work. So it's really, it's really exciting and peculiar to hear how this was relatively new. But then again, you know, everything has its time, everything has its place. And maybe it was just finally uh, part of what would you call ready when it comes to your path, right? And it was just finally the right time, uh, which I think is great because now I want to check the show out. Uh, I, I I really do. I really do. uh have a uh, empathetic, sympathetic uh, vibration to to the way that you present your ideas, and I th- I'd, I'd love to learn more about that. But that being said, I want to again turn it over to Jason and see where he's at with the conversation so far before we carry over into the final phase. It's interesting uh, the parallels that we go through in life. Of you know, you look at if you'd stretch your life out on one of those. Uh, like timelines, right? And you go, you did all these things and then where'd that come from, right? It's just like <laughs> such a stark outside the box thing, right? Because um, I can take this podcast as a perfect example. It's five months old and we've we've just completely blown it out of the water and it's nowhere on my life timeline ever was it ever there. And it just happened, right? So, right. so that's it's it's like the best things in life are always the things that you just trip over and fall into them a lot of times. 
right and they hit you right in the face you know it's just like you know how how we met right is me and philip met uh philip interviewed me for entrepreneur magazine and it inspired me to start a podcast and i was like well i'm not going to call him until i get into this and then i got you know 40 up 50 episodes in i called him and said i i want you to come over here with me that those those schmucks they they don't need you (laughs) and uh took him and and then we partnered with this this uh whole thing and it's like literally changing the world for sure and but it's interesting the dynamics that we go through in life and the things we don't think we're gonna do just pop us in the face and go i'm right here man come look at me (laughs) and then you just take this like abrupt right turn all of a sudden and you know i i feel that's probably kind of what happened to you with the whole radio thing (laughs) yeah you know it's similar right it's interesting because i i was invited to be a host um several years ago just to kind of help Mm. sit in and be a co-host on show for a week or two while the the main host was on vacation and I've tried finding it. I can't find it anywhere online, but it was, I actually really enjoyed it. It was just a little two week stint, but you know, I'm, it's funny, just this morning, we had our second episode with finding certainty. And we, in the first one, we interviewed Frank Hellring, kind of a tribute to him for helping make the show happen. And, and his, his, his channel or his show is focused on empowering small business and how we need more representation and, a really small business is not small. It's it's ninety nine percent of our businesses out there, right? But but this morning I interviewed our director of sales, uh, Victoria Foster, because we were talking about how she transitioned from working in corporate America for twenty five years with two global multi billion dollar companies over to a small consulting firm, and why she did that, right? And and we talked about our differences and the fact that we really complement each other. We're polar opposites, right? But she's the director of sales. I'm the CEO. And yet we have very different personalities. And so my, I gravitate toward, toward speaking and promoting. I mean, I'd be, I'd be happy as a clam to stand on a stage and talk to 5,000 people and do that, you know, every day. Yeah, that's just my, my forte. I, I feed off of it. Right. She would just as soon be behind the scenes, never have to speak in public. You know, she was petrified doing the show this morning. She did a great job, but you know, she's like, okay, now that it's done, I can die. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and you, you, you can't tell listening to her. She did a great job, but, um, but it's just a commentary on how we, we have these different strengths and different leanings and we, gra- we do gravitate toward things we're comfortable with. But sometimes we have to step outside our comfort zone and, and do hard things. So I think it was good for her. She's I'm forcing her to do more trainings and some of these things that, that are outside of her comfort zone because I'm grooming her to be the CEO. And she's going to have to do more of that. And eventually, my goal is to just promote the company full time. But um, so anyway, there's some neat things happening, but we've surrounded ourselves with a really fantastic team. And, and you see this blend of backgrounds and strengths and so forth. And it's that tapestry of, of differences that makes you so strong. Um, I believe we should, rather than just putting up with them, we need to embrace them and blend them. And you come out with something so much better. Yeah, man. There's so many great things about this conversation. It makes me curious to know uh, if if you could have gone back uh, 
I want to say as far back as you can think to that time where you first decided I'm going to make a list and I want to be paying attention to what it is I want in a business. Uh, what would you say to that to that person or when you first started thinking about that and you realized uh, you just got out of uh, a couple of weeks of realizing in these five weeks, we spent more time with my family than I have prior to that when they were running the business and before all this happened. Like, what would you say to that person right around there, knowing what you know now about business and, and development and things of that nature? I would tell them to go to dental school personally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just I look at my dentist and I think you make way too much money, man. No, uh, <laughs> I uh, honestly don't think I'd want to stare in mouths all day, but um, realistically I would have done 20 years in the army. If I could have, I ruined my knees and I had to get out in nine uh, just like Jason. I mean, thank you for your service. Um, I think it's a fantastic direction for young, young kids to go and get a 20 year career in the military and then get out and have a whole nother career. So that's one thing I would have done differently. Wish I had. I'm uh, actually right in the process of being approved for a VA disability, which would be nice. Um, get some uh, some of those extra benefits, but it's a long process to get approved. For a long time, I put off uh, even applying because I felt like there were others out there who needed the benefits more than me. Um, but I've been told over and over by clients and family and so forth, you earned your benefits, you should go get them. And so it's a shout out to any v veterans out there that are thinking about it, they should go after it. You know, it's uh, mm. something that can help with the free medical and, and so forth. So other thing though, I would have done is I would have, um, I would have come up with my list earlier, hopefully. And that's hard to do because you, you build it out of experience, but, and I would have looked for opportunities to check those things off the list. And, and, you know, I spent so much of my time feeling like I was looking for um, those things. And I think it made me a, in, in some respects, impatient and, you know, and I get bored with something. So I go to the next thing because I was constantly looking for this, this, um, this opportunity. But I wish I had during those experiences, maybe stuck them out a little bit longer, kind of um, gained more in the process. You know, you remember the old movie, The Dead Poet Society, Robin Williams talks about sucking the marrow out of life. I think I could have sucked the marrow more out of some of the jobs I've had over the years, some of the uh, opportunities I, I, I went through, because I was constantly on the hunt. I was looking for for that perfect fit. And in many respects, I was in some really good opportunities, really good jobs, where I should have um, gotten more out of them in the process. Um, you know, I guess that's the best advice I could give. Yeah, no, it's invaluable. Invaluable for people who are senior professionals to even newer professionals. A great reminder. Hey, are you getting everything you possibly can out of the work that you're doing, out of the opportunity in front of you? Take a second look and see if there's anything you can dig deeper on. I, I don't know yeah. anyone who didn't need that reminder today, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, it goes back to the conversation about frustration and, you know, our expectations and so forth. But we all have 2020 hindsight, right? We always look back on things and think, wow, look at what I learned or wow, that was hard or, or what a great experience. And one of the lessons I learned from my father, he learned it from my grandfather was 
to stop and smell the roses, right? To uh, one of the best books they ever read. I think it was by um, Ogmandino, uh, maybe someone else, maybe Spencer, uh, I forget his name, but it, the book was called The Present. And it said the best present you can give someone is to be present, right? So not just having 2020 hindsight, but actually having midsight and foresight even, and you know, sucking the marrow out of that experience, making sure that you are fully present. You owe that to your employer. You owe it to your family. You owe it to your significant other or your partners. Um, I think it's really good advice. And don't just wait until you've, you're through it, even the really hard things. Don't just wait till you're through them to look back and see what the benefits of them were. There's always benefits. I don't care if you're going through cancer, if you're going through something really difficult, there is always good to come from it. At the very least growth, right? So if, but if you stop and realize that while you're going through it, you not only will you gain more, but you'll get through it more easily. You'll experience it. You know, they say one of the best ways, if you're feeling discouraged or you're feeling overwhelmed or, or down, depressed, anxious, whatever, the best things you can do is serve someone else. It's kind of the same principle is while you're going through a hard thing, the best thing you can do is say, what can I get out of this while I'm going through it? Because you can't change the scenario in many cases. You can't change the fact you have cancer. You can't change the fact that your business is, is you know, maybe run into some sort of issues. All you can do is make the most of the situation. And many times the best thing you can do is ask for help. We, we're proud, right? We, uh, we don't want to admit it when we do sometimes and a lot of the time. And, and if we will, if we will act, ask for help, turn to others, uh, it's one of the best things we can do. It's one of the most, I think it's one of the strongest examples of accountability is asking for help. So true. Uh, it's, there's a level of vulnerability that many are not ready for, but those who are will reap the rewards of, of extending themselves out further beyond the self and uh, being willing to see the level of interconnectedness that exists. Uh, no business is an island. It, there's a marketplace and we all uh, interact with each other to sustain the marketplace. Uh, so I think it couldn't be a better the better moment to remind people that that's that's the the work that you do with certainty team you're looking to help people reduce costs across you know, uh, and risk across every avenue or value chain of their business and we, all businesses need that partner to help them see where they can reduce all the things that are either draining their pockets draining the energy and the team you, you name it uh, where are opportunities to get more to do things with. Uh, so for me, I can see now holistically uh, when I look at the whole picture, how you ended up where you did and, and why you're doing what you're doing. Um, so with that said, if there, if there's no objections, Jason, I think we're finally ready for the grand finale. Yeah. I just want to add one thing because that whole, uh, you know, being humble or being vulnerable, great example of that is, uh, James Donaldson, he's a former NBA all-star, good friend of mine. Um, we had him at our event, uh, the, in the ACA event and that entire room after he told his story was in tears, including me. So, um, I mean, it was, and him, 
and he probably told this story a lot of times throughout his life. And, you know, for somebody to be willing to be that had been at the pinnacle of a career, right. As an NBA all-star and then lose it all and then build it all again. I mean, and be so humble and so kind. Um, it's an amazing thing. And we can all take a, for sure, take a, a lesson from it. No doubt. So. Yeah. James, is a, I know James and he's a great example of someone who is doing exactly what we're talking about. He's not just waiting till the end to look back and think this is what I could have done. Right. He yeah. is in the trenches. I mean, his organization, your gift of life.org. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about suicide prevention and, you know, we need more people like Mr. Donaldson out there. For, absolutely. Man, sure. it's such a small world sometimes when you think about it, but yet I'm also not surprised the good people know good people. Uh, that that kind of makes sense, right? <laughs> uh, and I'm a, I'm a big big believer in constantly making introductions to people that I think uh, they should know each other, whether it's just to know each other or if there's really big value adds. And I think that's something that has come across a lot on this show in general. Uh, there's been a lot of people that are just like that. And I mean, talk about a leave behind. In case anybody's wondering, should I make that intro or I? Oh, I was supposed to make that intro. But yeah, make it. You don't know what kind of impact that can have. Um, with that said, um, I want to turn over to the grand finale, if I may, Patrick, and uh, and basically invite you to answer the, the question we've asked everyone on the show. And that is, if you could have invited anybody, uh, dead or alive, to to come here today, who would you have loved to have had here and, and why them? You know, um, I have a number of people come to mind, my grandfather. Bill Lang, um, of course, but he's been long passed on. Um, I have a business mentor named Bill Walsh. Uh, his company, Rainmaker, absolutely transforms companies. He's done more in just the short time that I've worked with him to help our business. But I had to pick one name. Um, we do cost reduction, as I explained, and we use that cost reduction to help um nonprofits raise zero cost funding. So, um, and we're constantly evolving. We're constantly looking for ways to to help our clients and pass on savings to nonprofits. One of the most extraordinary relationships we've found though, is a guy by the name of Ken York. His company has developed a benefit option for small businesses for 1099s, um, independent contractors, gig workers, part-timers, even a, even a part-time employee on minimum wage can actually afford their insurance options. Uh, and there are 50 million Americans out there who are uninsured or underinsured. And it's not because they don't want coverage for them and their families. It's that they can't afford it. And so um, anyone who uh, needs that, they need to meet my friend Ken. And um, if you're interested in in Learning more, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can actually text the word certainty to 26786, and uh, it'll put you in touch with us. We can schedule a time and introduce you. But if you or someone you know needs that type of coverage, um, let us know, because it's a big need out there. Number one reason people go bankrupt is they don't have any medical coverage. Um, 
So it's something we're doing to help try to create more certainty in our clients' lives in addition to what we do on the business side. So, Wow. Yeah, that's powerful stuff, man. Um, we had someone on recently by the name of Carl who uh, does similar work, but for the businesses to help them provide their employees uh, and as a business take on a, an employer-backed, employer-created uh, insurance plan, maybe somebody worth introducing you to. There's probably some crossover there. Uh, but with that said, that was my piece. I'm very grateful to have been able to have this conversation with you. I'll let Jason roll this out. Yeah, th- thanks for being here. What a great, uh, uh, what a great amount of knowledge. And every time we do these, I just, you know, always learn something new. And that that's the wonderful thing about synergy and and meeting other business owners and getting to interact this way. Uh, You know, my, my new theme this year, when somebody says, you know, let's get together and have a zoom meeting. Yep. Let's do it and record it on a podcast. We can get to know each other there. Right. And then all this value just gets to permeate through the whole world that way. What better way to get to know somebody than in this kind of a forum, right? And that way you're creating a win-win and I'm all about that. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here uh, and, and share a little slice of your time. We're all busy, but uh, there's always time to educate. And thank you for stopping by and doing that for our audience today. I appreciate that, uh, Jason, Philip. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on a show. I know you guys are developing quite a name for the War Room, and um, I think what you're doing to help companies with your uh, strategic advisory board, and mm-hmm. it comes back to what I was saying about asking for help, right? If you're, um, I'm actually going to be in a book that's coming out this fall as a part of Mission Matters. It's focused on CEOs whose companies are making a difference. And my whole chapter that I'm writing for the book is about accountability. You guys are a fantastic example of that and of holding your clients accountable and helping teach them how to be more accountable, how to, how to really how to tackle that chaos and come out of it unscathed, right? It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, it is not easy to be an entrepreneur. It is not easy to run a business. It's not easy to deal with all the forces that are coming at you, but you guys do a great job. So thanks for having me on the on the show. My pleasure to be here and uh, look forward to a lots more conversation. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.